Hey, hi, hello. This is Gabriel Kitzman with the Awakened Tarot Podcast. You'll notice that Jackie is not here, or Jacqueline. I call her Jackie sometimes. I call her a lot of things. Um, she's taking a vacation this week. Uh, she was out visiting her sister in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I said, you know what? Don't worry about the podcast this weekend, because we were trying to figure out how to do it, and we decided that I was just going to give it a whirl and take it away this week. Um, so, um, our goal for today is, um, we will not be doing a current event section, sorry, that is, um, Jackie's realm, and... Um, while I advocate very much for the current events section, I will just say, stay mindful, and I, um, I'll just reinforce the reason that we do the current events section, and it is, it is to deepen your empathy, to an exercise in, in empathy and intuition. Um, it's also relevant to know a lot of, a lot of the things that are going on in the world, and to be informed helps you become a better reader, not only in that you're informed of things that somebody may be going through, but you're also holding that space in that moment for those and not thinking about how it affects you, you're thinking about how it affects others. Um, so that's, that's the purpose for it. Um, our, our ultimate goal for today is we're going to have a little fun and change some things up. I hope it is fun for you. It will definitely be fun for me. Um, if you don't know who I am, my name is, is Gabriel Kitzman. I am Jacqueline's husband, and at the end of now every episode, I have been doing what we've aptly named Stars and Shit, which is a little bit of astrology for you. And I've been talking about some of the planetary aspects and um, astronomy that comes through and how that can relate symbolically to our lives. Um, in addition, I contribute to the Patreon and and have some content that comes out there. So this will be very similar to the content that comes out on Patreon. Um, but today I'm going to do something that I've not done before, which is um, do a tarot reading based on some astrology. In addition to that, I will go through some horoscopes at the end of this episode in place of the collective reading and kind of do it in my own way. So... Um, I hope you're here for it. If astrology isn't your thing, you're not interested, then feel free to take a break this week, and we'll come back with Jackie next time. Um, but if you want to stick with it, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about um, a Venus Neptune transit, and pull some cards for it. So first, I will go through the data. Um, this Venus opposite Neptune is what we are going to talk about. Um, Venus, a planet of love sex, relationships, um, harmony, beauty. Neptune is a planet of mystery, escape, fantasy, um, delusion, illusion. Um, Neptune is in Pisces and Venus is in Virgo. I may have said that already. And they're forming an opposition, which means that they are opposite each other. Very similar to... Sorry, that was the sound of my cat Apollo coming in through the door. He is clever enough to open doors, and Jackie records in our bedroom, and I record in the studio on my mic, where I also edit the podcast, so, um, what was I saying? In opposition is, is very similar to a full moon, where 
the sun is on the other side of the earth as the moon. And that, that creates a, a culmination and a tension um, along the axis of signs that they are in. Just by nature of the zodiac signs, the signs that are opposite each other have tension already in themselves, so planets in those would be expressing the tension of the zodiac signs in their own specific way. So we would be talking about Venus and Neptune, which I already said what they're about, and um, they're in the signs of Virgo and in Pisces, which have an, an, opposing, an opposing, a dichotomy. You know, that's kind of a, you know, a vague word, but I just imagine um, magnets with opposite polarity. You know, I'm kind of the same idea. So I'll dive into it here. Arranging the threads of the universe um, was kind of a, a blanket statement that I liked for this. Um, Venus wants to relate and harmonize, to sit with another. Uh, whether it's a complex concept or a new idea or a person or a desire. Uh, Venus, Venus is the planet of love. In Virgo, we're expressing that pull through analytical devices. The heart and the head are coming together, and that's not always easy. Venus is in, in its fall in Virgo. Um, but, I, but I do think it presents opportunities of understanding things in different ways, looking at love through a different lens. So maybe you're questioning some of your desires and trying to figure out what you want. Maybe you're trying to trace your way through a relationship and understand what it means, pros and cons kind of thing. Um, what is the common thread between you and the other, whether it's a friend or a spouse? Um, there's also a, the cliche notion that love transcends this, which is often the lesson of Venus and Virgo. Neptune urges us to venture out into the void, to go where no one has gone before in, in search of, you know, sometimes we find things we didn't expect or imagine whole new worlds, fictional um, or true, which sometimes it doesn't even matter. Just being there somewhere else in your mind or a story can give you a perspective of what you are doing in the moment. It can color reality. And being lost can be a freeing feeling and can bring you out of reality. I, I, one of my favorite things to do is uh, I'm a runner. I go, I go on runs and I, I love whenever we're visiting someplace that we haven't gone before to get a little bit of time and go on a jog and Oftentimes, I may look at a map, but for the most part, I'm just going to kind of get the lay of the land and go and kind of get lost and make sure I don't go too far. But even if I do, I know I'm going to get a good workout trying to find my way back. But I'm just that feeling of exploring is kind of um, a fun thing for me. Um, and Neptune can, can also be associated with addiction, drugs, alcohol. Um but only because of the escape that it provides. Um, going too far obviously can be dangerous in any of these cases, so 
it's not Neptune isn't in promotion of that. It just it, it can bring about that type of feeling, that type of tendency. Another thing that that I like to do is while I'm at work, and I'm I'm privileged to have the luxury to do this, but I can wear headphones and get stuff done. If I'm doing something monotonous or something that's gonna take me a while, I can put some headphones in and listen to music or podcasts. And I can do this for hours doing tasks and we talk about it at work sometimes, but I literally lose track of time. Like I, I, I talk about it like I went to sleep for about three hours there while I sanded all of these all of these products. And it's always really interesting um, when I talk about it. It's, I honestly think it's one of the best parts of my job is that I have the ability to just go inside my head for a little while. So now we can use that information to, uh, as our color palette, as it were, to, to talk about the rest of it, kind of understanding, understanding the premise, understanding the themes, the archetypes um, of, of what we're talking about here. So full... Disclosure, admission here, I had no idea what I was going to talk about on this podcast. I knew I was going to be recording it myself for the better part of the week and didn't do any planning until last night, very late. It was daylight savings, um, Saturday night, and um, it was just me and my daughter. I got her down and um, I decided to watch a movie after I was done in the studio and I picked a movie, um, you've probably heard of it, maybe you've seen it, called Interstellar. It's a little bit older now, um, maybe maybe close to 8, 10 years old. And that's when it hit me, what I should be talking about, which is Venus-Neptune, which was incidentally coming through that day. Conceptually, it is, I would say, an almost perfect Venus-Neptune representation. And, you know, I... As I said, I'm, I'm not surprised I picked it because the transit was coming through. It's just one of those parallels that makes you go, wow. Um, so Interstellar, if you haven't seen it, I'll just go through it real quick. It talks about how love, like gravity, transcends time and space and can travel th through dimensions. And if you, if you haven't seen it, uh, the character Cooper, played by Matthew McConaughey, is asked to help save the Earth, which is dying and can't produce food anymore by, um, by accompanying a team through a black hole, which is placed outside of Saturn, to find a new world to inhabit. You can see, you know, my obsession with space and planets and stuff coming through here as well, shamelessly. Um, they, have, they have three possible planets that they can go set up a, a colony and whatever their plan is to start over before the world ends. Um, Anne Hathaway is in it as well. Her character, Dr. Brand, is, is drawn to one of the planets because she's in love with the previous explorer that has uh, set up a camp there and says that it might be a good candidate. Um, she mentions that maybe we should, we should trust that feeling, that her team should trust that she's drawn there by love, even though this person is billions of miles away in a different galaxy and she still wants to be there. Cooper argues that um, that might be blinding her to the powers of reasoning because there's another planet that looks very promising and it would waste more resources to um, go to this other planet. So 
Um, Cooper, in turn, had left behind his family and mainly his daughter, Murph, who's trying to now solve the problem of gravity. She got a whole lot older while he was gone. Um, she unwittingly communicates with her father uh, through a black hole bridge in her bedroom, um, and she'd been doing it from the time she was a kid to her, her adult age. She called it a ghost. And when she discovers it is able to save the human race and whatever equation that she discovers um, solves the problem of gravity, um, sorry if I ruined it, um, I promise it would still blow your mind if you haven't and you want to go watch it. Um, for most people who see see it for the first time, their minds are pretty blown. I remember walking out of the theater after seeing it too, too deep in thought to even speak and probably questioned my own reality for like a week afterwards. So, so that's the idea. And then, and then basically they, they save the world. Another cool thing in the movie is the constant quoting of Newton's laws and Murphy's laws in certain situation. And one that stood out to me was Newton's third law, which is, for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction. Um, in the movie, it's also interpreted as, the only way to get somewhere is to leave something behind. And Cooper says this as he at one point ejects himself from Dr. Brand's spaceship sacrificially so he can make it to so she can make it to the last planet and he would go off into essentially he goes into the black hole. Um so I'm wondering how this could be connected to Venus opposite Neptune. I've talked before on some of my Stars and Shit episodes and in the Patreon, how I like to use tarot to go deeper into the planetary archetypes. And I, I, wanted you bring, I wanted to bring you guys into my process today by pulling some cards and doing an impromptu reading on this concept. Impromptu might be the wrong word. I'm on the fly. Um, I, it's not impromptu because I knew it was going to happen. But anyway, um, I'll be... I'll be doing this real-time without any of my talking notes, which I am very attached to when I, when I do anything and record any episodes. Um, so please forgive a what will probably be a much more scattered section, and I'll try and edit it nicely, but um, it also highlights that just for those of you who are maybe still learning um, tarot, astrology, anything, that it's okay to, to think and struggle and stumble on your words. Um, for any of you, you know, for any of you who do that and think it's some failure on your, on your end, I, I still do it all the time. That's why I need to stick to my notes because I need a, a, a little bit of organization to help me through sometimes. Um, there, there is no requirement that you are able to talk as smoothly and profoundly as, say, my wife, Jacqueline. If you're still getting... If you're still getting what you need from your, from your reading, um, I still use notes, um, guidebooks. I have my own notes and guides um, for cards, for planets, for anything. So, um, without further ado, here goes. So I've got my Smith Rider weight right here. I'm going to pull three cards. The and usually how I read is the first card is an overview, the second card 
is a challenge on the overview, and the third card is an action to take. So, bear with me here. All right, the first card, our overview, is the Reversed Moon. The second card is the Emperor. And the third card is the Two of Pentacles. So uh, feel free to, if you want to pause right now and kind of come up with your own, your own idea of what this reading could mean. Again, overview, challenge, action. Um, and this reading is for... Venus-Neptune. How do we define, what's another way to look at Venus-Neptune? Okay, so the moon in tarot has a little bit different meaning than the moon in astrology. Not that different, but I do like to separate those, you know, obvious ones like the sun and sun and the moon. Um, but the moon in reversed here might be Dealing a lot with feelings and emotions, um, and maybe changes, you know, like a like a comfortable flow into into the change, like a cyclical change, um, one that was maybe bound to happen. The moon cycles through its phases every day and accepts the emotions that comes with it. And I think, you know, perhaps the overview would be, uh, how do we choose to accept it? How do we choose to adjust to this? How do we, if Moon was related to fortune, like it was, like it is in astrology, fortune is, you know, what will, what will happen, whether you can change it or not. Um, good fortune or bad fortune. So. How do you make the best of it? Or how do, you, how do you accept it? How do you reflect it? The next card here, the Emperor, is the challenge of our situation. I think this one's pretty obvious to me. Emperor is very stable, sturdy, and it has a lot to do with your environment. So the moon is, if the moon is changed and the Emperor is the challenge being resistant to that type of change. And what boundaries are you holding up? What are you holding on to? And how can you let go? How can you absorb the moon's light and, and flow with it and take the changes instead of holding on to something you want or an ideal or um, a desire that, you know, being adjustable will allow for more fluidity and will make it go down easier, essentially. Um, the last card here, the Two of Pentacles, this is the action card, which, um, just looking at the card here, I know I haven't been describing, describing the cards like Jacqueline usually does, but um, there's a person here, and they're holding two pentacles, and there's an infinity symbol around them, and, and they're juggling, basically. They look kind of jestery. There's also some water in a ship in the background. Um, so there's, I, I see these in this card, even there's changes happening and, um, the jester's trying to prioritize, trying to balance the chaos, trying to, um, choose 
and prior, prioritize the right thing. So the action is, is balance. The action is being adjustable. And maybe priorities this day are not priorities the next day. And so that's, that's how I feel this card is uh, be, or this whole reading rather, I would say is being adjustable, being okay, being less rigid and allowing and accepting those things to come through. So again, applying this to the astrology, we're talking about Venus opposite Neptune, which is a transit that's coming through, um, already came through yesterday, but is not super quick moving. So it'll still be apparent and in the air, as it were, um, into the Monday, Tuesday, maybe even Wednesday until Venus enters Libra, essentially. Um, so where are you being asked to adjust? And how do you, how do you allow that to go more smoothly by, by being flexible, being less rigid, putting down the emperor card for a second? Um, so I think, I'll be honest, I was a little nervous about that. I, tarot is not my area. It's, it's Jacqueline's for sure. And, but hey, we made it. We made it. Thank you for sticking, sticking with it for me on that. And I, I hope that uh, helped, some of, helped some of you understand um, kind of my process. I, I do this a lot where transit will come through and I just get confused. There's a lot of archetypes. There's tarot. There's, excuse me, there's astrology. And I also read Nordic runes as well. And there's just a, a lot of different things to balance and combining them can be a good way to cross-reference and define them in certain ways. So, okay, so the last thing I have here is some very quick horoscopes for you all. I know horoscopes usually go over pretty well, and um, they take a lot of they take a lot of effort. <laughs> so, I I wrote some of these things down, and how how I'm going to do them is, as I said before, Venus and Neptune are opposite each other, which means they're operating on an axis. They are in Virgo and in Pisces. Neptune's in Pisces. Venus is in Virgo. Um, so I am going to talk about your rising sign. So if you know your rising sign, you can follow along and listen for a horoscope for your rising sign, which will have to do with a house axis. Um, so I'll just get started here. If you are an Aries rising or Libra rising, this will be along your 6th and 12th house axis which may concern the work and toiling through unknown or uncharted waters, like taking the long way to figure out how to fix something by trying everything. The question being like, how far can love take us? Love doesn't always make sense by nature. Is it smart or logical to make decisions solely on the promise of love? Uh, and also, what, what potential benefits or pitfalls might await. Uh, after all, uh, you do have to leave something behind to get somewhere else. Um, so that's for your Aries risings or Libra risings. Uh, Taurus and Scorpio rising. This is along your 11th house and 5th house, which is um, groups and um, groups in society and pleasure. Uh, what kinds of designs or situations have been developing in the groups you're involved with. Maybe there were some changes recently in career or work 
and you're figuring out your place in all of it. Um, one common theme in all these horoscopes is that I'm taking into account that Venus was in retrograde this summer in, in um, the house and sign of Leo, which sparked a lot of changes. We also just went through an eclipse, which kind of um, solidified some of those changes. And so you may be dealing with some of the aftermath of some of that, and this is a moment involved with Venus that could be changing some of those things. So that's kind of how I'm basing this off. Maybe there are some changes in Taurus and Scorpio um, in your work, um, like your role or position or promotions, maybe not necessarily a new job, but um, just some changes there. Um, this period of time may be mostly good in sparking ideas around this area. Uh, I think the trick for Scorpios and Tauruses will be softening and being more adjustable to allow the changes. Hmm. Matches the tarot reading a little bit. Um, just so you know, I, I, I wrote all of these horoscopes before I pulled these cards, so um, I might be connecting the two in my brain probably, but um, still interesting. Also, how is what you're going through affecting those you love? Is anyone getting left behind? Moving on to Sagittarius and Gemini rising in the 10th and 4th house of um, career and home and family. Um, so this is a powerful axis in the chart that represents what we do at the peak of day in the 10th and the dead of night um, in the 4th and also family and work, like I said. Um, I wonder if there's something that's rewriting your code a little bit. Um, maybe a new skill, a recent relocation this summer, something like that. Maybe you've just finished some schooling even. Maybe it's not looking exactly like you expected and is forcing you down another path or way of doing things. Um, your home and family would be related to this, so we're talking a lot about work-life balance. Maybe here in the, in the Two of Pentacles. Um, are ideals changing here for you or or maybe a spouse. Um, are these things changing for a spouse? Um, this could be spousal changes as well. Moving on to Cancer and Capricorn rising along your ninth and third houses. What kind of changes could have sparked the need to explore? This could be some more schooling, um, a new interest, moving to a new country or state but, or city. But, and the reason behind that could be partially to get away or escape, in a way. Uh, maybe not from someone or something, but it could be simply just to move away or get away from one way of thinking um, and explore another, because the other one wasn't working. There's, I wrote here, there's Emperor Empress energy here as well. Possibly a, um, don't mean to be morbid, but possibly a death in the family or a big transformation in the family or a debt of some sort that came due, uh, this could be a result of that. Um, I would analyze the reason for whatever changes you may be considering or possible regrets that may incur. The regret could also not be taking the leap as well. You heard that clunk. That could be my cat again trying to come in. He has a tendency to pee behind my desk, so I don't. So I like to let him in here. Um, Leo and Aquarius rising along your 8th and 2nd house axis. Are there any recent changes to a relationship that have resulted in a shift in responsibilities? Or the way you relate to material things? 
Um, overall, I, I, I see good things here. Venus-Neptune is generally a, a good, fantastical, sparkly transit, but um, this, could, this could also be an intentional paring down to save money as like a, a common goal with a spouse or even after a breakup, if something like that just happened and maybe expenses have changed. Um, be careful of unseen debts or responsibilities here. Uh, this could also be inspiring or providing some insight into getting out of a situation you don't want to be in anymore. Both of these rising signs bear the weight of leadership qualities, and being relied upon can be heavy. So, near the end here, Virgo and Pisces rising along your first and seventh houses. These rising signs um, should look at physical changes or psych psychological realizations that have perhaps come out of nowhere. Um, a lot of work in individuating or breaking free this summer might have caused some fallout in the form of um, redesigning yourself in some way. Um, as, as I said, that could be physically or mentally. I see this as feeling more relieving and harmonious than like dark night of the soul-ish, but um, also consider what kinds of mentalities are better for you, or you may be considering what kinds of mentalities are better for you and that make you feel better or more comfortable or more at home in yourself. Uh, maybe a clean and organized place of rest promotes a healthier mind. Um, did you deep clean your home over the weekend or implement any new hygiene regimens? Um, are your dietary habits changing due to some adjustment in your relationship? Um, these are just specific ideas. Um, I did a, a Patreon episode on rising signs and um, very recently, and uh, it also defines the first house a little bit, because I know when you think about your rising sign, people get a lot of the significations confused between, you know, your big three, your sun, moon, and rising. And I said in my Patreon episode, like, my least favorite thing to hear is your rising sign is who you are. And I've, I've heard a couple astrologers in the past say stuff like that. And it's just very confusing because I'm like, well, oh, crap. Are they, what's, they can't all be who you are. I mean, I guess they all can be. My, I guess I'll round it out. But my opinion is that all of your whole natal, in terms of astrology, your whole natal chart and your lived experiences make up somewhat of who you are. I also happen to think more deeply that the potential that you have also makes up some of who you are. It's pretty hard to define who you are, so I don't think of the rising sign as who you are. I think it as um, your physical home on this earth, your body, your physicality, your mentality, how your brain works, how you think, and you're the character in your own story. Um, you're the, char the character that you are in the plot. Um, so, small rant there, but I think that's everything. Got through all the signs. I hope that was fun and helpful and a little bit of a change um, from the normality that was interesting to everybody. Um, please rate and follow if you guys really dig this. Um, this is, like I said, this is not, this astrology bit is not something that happens very often. This is a tarot podcast, but... Um, Jacqueline, my wife, if this is your first time here, is very good at tarot, and um, we talk through one card at a time, we talk about some current events, we do a collective reading, and I edit the podcast um, and do a little 
some musical numbers from time to time. Dolphin EDM, for those of you who um, are, are fans. <laughs> okay, I think that's everything I got. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.